0: welcome to episode 18 of the age unsquared podcast broadcasting from deep within the frozen tundra prairie land of canada even though it's been close to the coldest location on earth some days my equipment isn't yet frozen shut so the journey continues yes this episode is a week late in getting to you but that was no fault of the weather just the age hustle ran out of my weekly clock And while you may be spending only 0.02% of your week tuning in to listen, it takes me more than that to create, record, and produce these episodes. That's why I really do appreciate you taking the time to listen in. It's why I thank you for coming back. Or if this is your first UnSquared experience, thank you as well for tuning in. I love welcoming new people to our revolutionary journey. I know you'll enjoy this quick blast of financial awesomeness every week. In today's journey, we go through the lands of investing and paychecks. I know that sounds much more enticing than the land of chocolate, but you'll have to wait a few minutes to get a better appreciation of these lands. Before we get to the weekly nitty gritty of financial business, I wanted to share a quick story with you. This week, I took the opportunity to reconnect and catch up over lunch with one of my old colleagues from my days working within the financial industrial complex. Our days together go back to working the front lines together as tellers at a bank and then took us to the offices of a big wealth management firm, where he continues to work to this day. Since parting ways as office associates, we have taken different paths in life. He's taken what can be viewed as a safer and more secure route. I now have taken the more bumpy and winding road. Frankly, I like to think and encourage myself that my road will take me to a place not very many can go. It even reminds me of a trip that my brother and I took to Portugal a few years back, where we drove to a mountain town on a road that was breathtaking, both in a good way and a bad way. How in a bad way? Well, let's just say on one side of the road, there was a wall of rock. On the other of it was a drop to certain death. But when we made it up, the town was a beautiful and peaceful escape from the hustle and bustle of big city tourism. Now, don't get me wrong, there were tourists up there, just not as many as you would see in the big cities. Now, it was surprising to see how the tourists got up there too. Not all of them drove up. Many of them took coach buses up these roads. Believe me, I was floored and I couldn't figure out how these buses made up that road. And frankly, I was really thankful we didn't see any of those buses on the road because I'm pretty sure we'd either be in the wall or over the edge if we had. But anyway, the experience was definitely outstanding. So I like to think that I'm on a similar road right now. One that has terrifying turns at places, but one that will be worth it at the end. Anyways, why do I bring this up? This may be a surprise to some of you, and especially my lunch colleague who may or may not be listening to this, but I had one of those aha moments in that conversation. I realized that this journey that I am on is not for everyone. I also understood that the journey he finds himself on is not for me. Not everyone can handle the chaos associated with pursuing a life on their own terms such as I am, not the terms of employers. Some people prefer to contract out their hours in exchange for secure and steady income, and that's fine. This could be viewed as an orderly life. Others prefer to maintain the freedom of their time, even at the expense of short-term financial difficulties. This can be viewed as chaotic life. Does it make either style wrong? Not at all. Teach each their own, as the saying goes. But I also realized that early in this journey, I've been focusing on trying to persuade too many people that the so-called chaotic style that I'm pursuing is the better one. Doing so is not correct. Yes, I still feel it is the better option for me. I feel freer now than I ever did before, even with the chaotic experiences in other areas of life right now. I will do everything, and I mean everything in my power not to go back to the orderly style of life, which I know may be shocking to hear for some of you but I now better appreciate that safe and secure is the preferred style of many others, and I respect that. In any case, I hope you will continue to follow my journey, so you can appreciate and understand what it takes to live this chaotic style, and why it is preferred by some of your compatriots. Maybe one day in the future you will give it deep thought, and decide it's something you want to try out when you feel you're in a better place, be it financially, or personally, or professionally, whatever. If my journey inspires you to take action and try the chaotic life with the goal of reaching the mountaintop village, whether it's tomorrow or in a few years, that's for you to decide. I'm still here, on this journey, doing everything I can not to hit the wall of rocks or fall off the edge of the road. I welcome you to watch me from the safety of your home if you want, through your computer, however you wish. I have but one request of you. If I happen to navigate around all of the walls of rock and manage not to fall off the edge of the road, and finally do reach my mountaintop village, appreciate the journey I've taken, rather than trying to steal my reward. You can try and mimic with adaptations for your own journey, but don't presume that I will owe you anything. I'm not saying this out of spite. I mean, who knows? I might not make it to that mountaintop. I'm not assuming I will or I won't. I'm just saying that remember the safe and secure route you took through the prairies. If you want to be in that mountaintop village with me, you can definitely follow the route I took. I'm not saying you can't. I'm not the first to travel it either. I'm just doing my best to mimic those before me. I'm learning from them. I'm adapting to their techniques to suit my style. But I'm making this journey for my own happiness and on my own terms. By the way, in case you've ever been wondering why I use the closing phrase together to the pinnacle in my podcasts and in other communications, I trust this mountaintop village picture gives you a much better understanding. You can be together with me either on the road directly or watching from the sidelines, preparing for your own potential run. Or maybe you're just watching for fun and giggles, ready to laugh as I stumble. And on another side note, I want to give a discreet shout out to another person who's a partner in one of the businesses I'm a small owner of for giving me this order versus chaos analogy about lifestyles. I don't have his approval to use his name, but he knows who he is and I know he listens to this podcast, so thank you. Anyways, to wrap up this section, All I'm trying to say is that I now better appreciate that the orderly life, with safety and security, is preferred by so many people. I respect you for making that decision, and I will try not to persuade you to take a different route. I, of course, still welcome you to watch and learn from my journey and from my knowledge, but remember that each route has its own risks and rewards, so choose wisely and to your own DNA. Also consider that if you're on one of those routes and are miserable with it, as I was on the orderly route, Maybe it's time to try a different route. It doesn't necessarily have to be on the death-defying road up to the mountain village, but it could be a more windy road than the straightaway through the prairie lands of endless yellow wheat. let's get back to enriching our financial journey. Now let's talk about being an investor. If you are one, congratulations! You are now a proud owner of a fancy portfolio through your investment advisor at one of the wealth management firms. Or maybe you just set up your first mutual fund account at your neighborhood bank branch. Or perhaps you are the adventurous and brave type and have opened a self-directed investment account to manage your own investments. Besides, you hear about all of the hot stock tips, so how difficult can it really be? Again, congratulations on taking your investment portfolio seriously. But what does it mean to be an investor? What are you actually doing through the investment process besides trying to build your own financial future? Frankly, the majority of people don't know. Most of that majority are just happy leaving those pesky investment decisions to the so-called professionals. And as long as the bottom line number just keeps on growing, some people don't even care how it's done. We've all been groomed to just put money into the investment account, watch it grow, and repeat. For those lucky enough to be owners of an investment portfolio, whether it's a few hundred dollars or a few million dollars, it is time to grasp a better understanding of what it means to invest. Why? Because otherwise you are allowing yourself to be led astray, you're also more likely to form contradictory views. What do I mean by contradictory views? Well, look no further than those who oppose projects based on ethical or environmental basis yet happily collect or look forward to collecting CPP benefits. Yes, guess what, the CPP invests in companies, they even invest in companies that you may find ethically repulsive, but money doesn't grow on trees. And the same goes for people who complain about those greedy banks. You know what? The CPP Investment Board invests in banks to help grow the CPP pool benefits. So if you're willingly collecting CPP, remember that the banks contribute to your CPP take. This goes to show the extent of people who do not understand the simple process of investing. While the topic of investing I know is boring, I'm going to first zero in on an overview on two high-level asset classes on this episode. Not knowing the basics around these asset classes leads only to more misunderstanding down the investment chain. Let's first start off with stocks. Turn on the business channel and you'll likely hear this word within the first few minutes, even if you happen to turn on the channel in mid-commercial. As an investor, it is highly unlikely that you are not invested in stock in one form or another. As a stockholder, what exactly does this mean? Well think of it this way. You are now a part owner of any company you own stock in. Yes, you are an owner. For example, if you own Microsoft stock, you too are a part owner of the computing giant alongside the likes of Bill Gates. Yes, let it sink in. You are both owners of the same company. Granted, Bill holds a much larger position in Microsoft than you do, but it's still the same idea. You are both owners. As an owner of any company, your financial position improves as the company is more successful. But as the company falters, so does your financial position. In other words, be aware that when you protest the next oil project and at the same time hold stock in that oil company, where are your true loyalties? To the cause or to your financial portfolio? It can't be both. You could also be an investor in bonds, where you have become a lender as opposed to an owner. Your money is now being borrowed by a company or government with the intent of returning it to you in the future. In the meantime, you will receive a regular stream of income, also known as interest, to compensate you for the burden of not having access to your money during that time. Think of it as the price you were paid for the privilege of using your product, that is, your money. The interest paid is not subject to the success or struggles of the company or government. This means the company's or government's success does not translate to more or less money for you. True, you may be paid nothing in situations where the company, or government, has failed and folded. But even in those situations, you may be paid any residual money available before any owner sees a penny of said dismantled company. Or, don't laugh, but as a taxpayer of a defunct government. In other words, you could still receive so-called penny on the dollars invested. You may be saying by this point that you do not like taking investment risks and thus would never invest in either stocks or bonds. Instead, you like the so-called safety of guaranteed investment certificates, also known as GICs, or certificates of deposits in the U.S. What you may not realize is that a GIC or a CD is related to a bond and that you are lending money to a bank. In return, the bank promises to pay you a set interest rate over the term of the contract and then returns the principal amount at the expiry of the contract. Do you know what the bank does with the money it has borrowed from you? Well, like any company or government that borrows money, it turns around and invests it for its own gains. This can range from lending your money to other borrowers, or investing directly in the markets, or upgrading their own operational infrastructure to boost sales and profitability. So yes, while they are currently paying you around 1.5% or 2% per year to borrow your money, The return they are earning on the other side is much greater. So the point of this is just to become an informed investor. Know what is happening in the background when you deposit your hard earned money into any sort of investment account. Don't be insulted by my candid commentary here. If you are well versed and informed on this topic, then you are miles ahead of most Main Street citizens of the world. I applaud you for your initiative to learn these financial matters. For those new to the investing world, do not evade the topic in boredom or repulsion. Instead find professional and objective help. A place to start? You're here, so you found a great place. Keep listening, and when you're ready, send me a note. Remember, a complimentary kitchen table talk awaits you. More details to follow towards the end of this episode. And now let's shift the saving and investing angle a little bit. I just talked about investing, but some of you are likely saying, that's great, but I don't have two pennies to rub together after I spend my paycheck, so how do you expect me to have money to invest? Well, I'm glad you ask, but before I answer that question, I want to point your attention briefly on a parallel topic. I know in today's digital world where most paychecks are automatically deposited into our bank accounts, very few people even bother to look at their pay stubs. The only time we really do so anymore is when we're trying to borrow money and the bank or lending company asks for our pay stubs. Admit it. You don't look very often. While I'm not saying you necessarily need to look at every pay period, I think it's important to look at your pay stub from time to time. I also know that most people when they look at their pay stub is just to see what the net amount was for the payment. That's all we care about, right? How much was put into my bank account so that I can spend it? I've been there. So I know I don't blame you for thinking that way, but now back up your eye over the, that piece of paper. The next amount I want you to look at is the total amount or gross amount you earned in that pay period. This is the amount of money that would have been deposited into your bank account had there been no such thing as employer benefits and or taxes. And that's where I want to direct your attention now. Take a look at all of the money that was deducted from you, be it for taxes or for benefits. Now ask yourself this, isn't it brilliant that the government takes its tax share right off of each paycheck? That's right the government learned early on the benefits of paying themselves first. From your paycheck, that is. A debate about doing so is not up for discussion here, as much as I know some of you would just love to hear my take on it. Rather, I now want you to focus in on a variation of the three words I just uttered a minute ago. Pay yourself first. I know many of you have already heard that phrase before and think it's a bunch of malarkey, but it's how the financially successful do it even those that are now billionaires, and many of them talk about it, from Kevin O'Leary up to Warren Buffett. The idea is that you worked hard for your money, and even though I would contest that you deserve the first dibs on that money, not the government, the point is that it's important to take the government's idea and use it to benefit yourself. If it helps, even think of it as a tax your future self is charging your present self. It means your present self will need to sacrifice something for your future self. It means rather than divvying up your net paycheck spoils among all of your needs and wants first and then saving whatever, if anything, that's left over, you need to pay your future self-tax first and then spend the remaining on your current needs and wants. And the easiest way to do this? Why again? Follow the government's example. Pick an amount each month that you want, no, that you need to tax yourself, and have your bank or investment company automatically take that amount from your bank account on each payday and deposit it into an investment account. The type of investment account, whether it's an RSP or TFSA or a non-registered account, is important, but not up for discussion here, and nor is it really the most important step. The mere habit of just getting into that self-tax setup is the most important part. If anything, start with a non-registered account if it really matters to you for now, and then you can make adjustments in the near future. Again, just get into that habit of having that money disappear from your bank account into your investment account before you can spend it. And in no time, you'll have the first few hundred dollars I spoke of earlier in the episode to start your investing journey. Your future self, waiting for you in your land of financial independence, will thank you. Believe me. And forget not, my friends, if like a smoker that needs help to kick a habit, you too need help to jumpstart this habit... Just call us at Engage Financial. We're the Nicorette of stopping lazy financial habits. Sometimes it helps having an objective outside party pushing and coaching you along. Well, that's us. If you miss one payment of that self-tax, we'll make you drop and give us 20 push-ups. Okay, okay, I'm just joking. Of course, uh, we're not that hardcore here because, well, frankly, if you've seen me, I'm pretty sure you know that I probably couldn't do 20 push-ups myself. But my physical fitness isn't the matter of discussion here. Your financial fitness is. So I hope this pep talk about paying yourself first, or if you want to think of it as a future self-tax, gets you motivated to go out and get this habit started. But just like that, our 0.02% of your time is already up, and I don't want to be that person who overstays his welcome. But before the closing out music interrupts me, remember that if you're enjoying listening to these episodes, please be sure to do three things. Number one, if you haven't already, please, please, please subscribe so that you don't miss an episode just jump on to www.ageunsquared.com and select your subscription platform there. Number two, if you think this is an excellent podcast, please take the next step and leave me a rating and review on one of those podcast channels. Doing so will truly help us spread the word unsquared. Of course, I'd love a five-star rating if you're especially loving what you're hearing here. And number three, to help spread the word unsquared even further, don't forget to share this podcast with just three of your friends and family. I can already tell that some of you are doing so because the number of listeners is growing. Again, for that, I love you guys and I truly appreciate your help. I'd also love to chat it up and mingle with you on Twitter. You can find me at my virtual water cooler under the handle at the original age. And if you really want to get an insider view into my hustle and grind, that same handle will land you on my Snapchat account. Then there is www.agecorp.co and at the original age handle on Facebook, Tumblr, and Instagram, to find more content treasures and places where you can leave comments and share with your friends and family. And lastly, that free coffee still awaits those of you ready to sit at a kitchen table with me so that we can chat about your financial future and independence as part of our extended financial family. And as all of those ads have said over the years, no purchase necessary. With the clock ticking down until the next episode my friends, stay safe, keep your integrity, and see you at the pinnacle.